love you. Well, I've got a belly full of macaroni and cheese. I'm feeling very gaseous. And it's lovely to have you guys all back on the couch with us. It's a very risky choice. Yeah, (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) I had pizza, so... It's not much better. Yeah. Well, people don't understand how bad a, a Gorshian fart is. It's, no, uh, I'm glad that we're not in the same room, frankly. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. I used to send you, send your arms and have to, you'd have to grow new ones every, every week I or know, so. But I mean, you know, and don't tell them this. Oh, I, got, I shouldn't tell you guys this, but one time, one of my thumbs, they, it didn't completely burn and it kind of butted <laughs> into a little buddy. Oh, no. Do you have a twin out there? I lost him. Oh, God. I I bet he's probably bigger now. So, he's out there somewhere. Oh, shit. keep an eye out. I hope the government hasn't harnessed him. No, but I mean, you know, they've gotten plenty from me if if they're ever going to figure it out, you know. That's true. They ain't got shit from me. My anus is clenched tight. Yeah, it sure is. (laughs) Can't probe the probers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... Well, I'm I'm the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the Faceless Leon, a blob person thing. And we're here to talk about movies and TV. Yeah, it's, it's specifically new movies today. Today. Uh, we both caught, we both caught uh, some new releases from 2021. Hell yeah. The lovely musical In the Heights and mm. just the god-awful Army of the Dead. From Zack Snyder. Uh, I'm sorry to be so so upfront about that. You're really upfront about it, and even like beforehand, you kept on telling me your opinion, and like even before I watched it, and and yeah, maybe I'm sorry. it's I because try not to. I know, I know, but maybe it's because you said it was not very good. I went into it expecting it not very good movie, and came out thinking it's all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, because I don't want to deter our listeners. There's right. so much we we want to talk about, so you should have definitely should stay tuned to see what our you know as we divide, uh, explore those opinions. Yeah. But literally, I came away from both of these movies thinking they were okay, but in different senses of okay. Hmm. One of them in the Heights, I was like, that was good, okay. Yeah. And Army of the Dead, I was like, that was trash, okay. Like trash it's okay. And there's so much I want to talk about with Army of the Dead. So, I, honestly, I'm going to leave it up to you. Which one do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about In the well, Heights or Army of what's, the Dead? Let's rip off the Band-Aid and talk about what you're – you seem more eager to talk about that one. So, let's talk about right. that one and then, and then we'll go. Yeah. So, Army of the Dead. I have a quota, it would appear, on Zack Snyder films a year. <laughs> I was able to tolerate Justice – or no, it's not – yeah, I was able to tolerate his Justice League re-release and I really – you know, I enjoyed it more than his Whedonverse. It, you know, I had some fun with it. It was okay. I still wish oh, they would just like tear it. down that, that – what? I do like it. I do know that you didn't like that epilogue, but – The epilogue was so stupid. Like, you could easily <laughs> cut a whole half hour to an hour of that film. And it's the same That's thing true. with Army of the Dead. You can cut so much of Army of the Dead. Thankfully, there's not as much, uh, like, gratuitous slow motion as Zack Snyder always likes to put in his yeah, films. Yeah, I did notice that. Not really much at all. Yeah, there is some, but there's not a yeah. lot. And just in the same manner of his style, 
there is just a little bit of color pushed into this film. Mostly he is right. very blue gray scale and it's very boring and disgusting. Here we're in Las Vegas. It, it was Las Vegas, right? Yes, Las Vegas. Yeah. And yeah, they're they're in Las Vegas and there's just a little bit of color to the the casinos they're in, the you know, the places they visit. There's a lot of blood, but most of that blood is just like darker red grayscale also. Right, right. There, there is a lot of grayscale. Don't get me wrong. But uh, this comes from an, a story written by Zack Snyder. It's kind of his spiritual successor to his previous film, which I want to say it's Night of the Living Dead, but uh, I feel like that's Romero. That's, <laughs> I, I think that's the Romero title. But, I mean, there was a remake of that. I, I know yeah. that, but I don't remember who did it. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember Zack Snyder's previous zombie film because they all have the exact same title. You know, it's always like Night of the Living Dead or <laughs> Night of the Dead, or it, it's it's always the exact same. And for somebody who really struggles with that shit, it's just lost in the void. Right, right. We just dropped all of our zombie loving potatoes, though, just right there. They're just gone. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he got George Romero's movie wrong. Uh, yeah. I, like, don't get me wrong. There are some I really enjoyed, yes, and definitely. Romero's is one of them. And I actually do enjoy Snyder's uh, previous zombie film to an extent. I've only seen it once, but I did like it. But yeah, so here with Army of the Dead, the 2021 film that I'm going to shit on for a while, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Zack Snyder takes the camera the first time he's yeah. been the cinematographer. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to... I, I hate being this kind of guy because I'm not a great cinematographer. I know that, but I do like to criti critique stuff, and yeah, that's right. what I do. Zack Snyder's cinematography, well, it gave me so many headaches because everything is so up close and in focus that all of the edges is blurred I and out of focus. I blurry edges. Like every single shot is blurry to an extent. And so I'm sure on a bigger screen, I could like ignore that and focus on what's on the center of the image, which again, not really a great shot when your focus is almost always in the center of the image. But on a smaller screen, all I notice is that fuzz and it yeah. gave me a headache because during like every action scene, I couldn't really see what was going on because a lot of it oh. does take place in the fuzz and like shit's going on in the background. I'm just like, why couldn't you just focused on that? Like... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's it's really it really bothered me. And then the the internet's already exploded over this one, so it's no new news for those who have heard about Army of the Dead. But when when you watch the film, just occasionally there are scenes where there is just a dead pixel. And being a technical I never person, noticed it though. I really didn't. Yeah. I didn't know about it beforehand, so yeah. I wasn't looking for it. That I think that's the only reason. I feel like if I had watched it in theaters, I would have definitely noticed it. But Probably. I only saw it on the smaller TV screen, I think, because I knew about it beforehand. I would, I hope that's the only reason. But I might have just noticed it, not you know, not right. uh, knowing anything about it. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, that was a that was another bother for me, and another big one. And this one comes with a caveat. I know I haven't talked anything about the movie. I'm just throwing my gripes <laughs> out there right now. <laughs> that's okay. Hey, we could do that first. But my my other big gripe, and I don't know how I really feel about this one, is Tignataro. I really like Tignataro. Yeah, me too. Uh, she's a just great comedian, and she tries for this film. And she was replacing somebody who was fired for sexual misconduct. And I yeah. guess they had filmed a, either all of the scenes or a lot of the scenes with that guy beforehand. Yeah. And it's, for those who are curious or want to avoid 
His name is Chris D'Elia. Right. Yeah, TV star, I guess. Yeah, and, and she comes in, and most of her scenes are in front of a green screen. She's not really with the actors. She's just kind of re-delivering this scene. I, I don't know if maybe maybe the actors were there to help her give her lines, but I don't know. But, you know, they're, they're just filming all of this in front of a green screen. And I kind of have the opinion that he blurred all of the edges for the rest of the film to make that green screen work better. You know what, dude? He might have. In, might, in which case, if he did, terrible decision. Like, yeah, <laughs> just maybe. very bad. But, yeah, I, I still notice the green screen for almost all of her scenes because it just – I don't know. It just looked off. There was so much of it that just looked off throughout the whole thing. And I'm like, why did he choose to be his own cinematographer? Like, maybe his maybe his normal guy was just busy and he's like, I can do this. I know cameras. and. I'm not going to knock or, Zack Snyder. He definitely knows cameras, but... Right. Maybe he just, also just has been messing around with the camera, you know, his entire career and was like, hey, I want to try it. Let's right. do it for a zombie movie. And you know what? I will say one thing about this movie. They seem like they're having fun. I mean, like, that's important. A few of uh, them definitely did. I I, yeah. I didn't feel that from some of the acting. Like I I thought Dave Bautista just felt very flat. Dave did feel a little flat, and he turned down another. Like I I can't remember. He had like some other big role I think with James Gunn. Oh, he had Suicide Squad. He was going to be in Suicide Squad I think. Oh really? And he turned that down for this, and I'm like, and he and he said he made the better decision by doing this, the better career decision. I'm like, I don't know, dude. James Gunn might make the Suicide Squad really fucking fun. Yeah, and if it, yeah. <clears throat> sorry, I choked a little bit there. I got so emotional, but it's just like, <laughs> I mean, that first Suicide Squad was a real letdown, man. I mean, exactly, and obviously, Margot Robbie was the best part. Yeah, well, that's what you gotta say. I, I mean, someday we'll probably watch it just so we can rip on it. But like, yeah. all all James Gunn has to do is deliver a competent, fun film, and he's right. immediately made a better film. Than both Suicide Squad and Army of the Dead. <laughs> like, I don't know why he thought this was the better choice. Like, it do- it didn't seem like the better choice, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, secret but, review of a Suicide Squad. Right. But uh, I guess let's actually talk Army of the Dead. Well, I mean, at first, the, the, it's it's just a heist movie. That's basically the whole point. Yeah, it's a heist movie <laughs> set, in, set in the heart of a zombie apocalypse, which I really like that idea. Great I do, concept. too. It's a whole it's a whole new genre. And I, yeah. I feel like I feel like that is a good takeaway from this film is that there could be other films that do it differently and it might might work better. I don't know. But I I really enjoyed that part of it because honestly, I'm not a big fan of heist movies. And it's really funny because right before I watched this movie, I watched the Rick and Morty episode on heists. I don't know if you've (laughs) seen that. It's in the fourth season. But it was... I don't know. I can't remember. It was really like just destiny, well-timed kind of stuff because you know, I thought I was going to sit and watch a zombie movie and then it turned into a right. heist movie. I'm with you. I'm not typically a fan of heists because, you know, if you've seen Ocean's Eleven, you've seen the heist film. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it, any film is basically the, the exact same. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to follow the exact same fucking style and the Army of the Dead is no different in regards to the heist section of its film. It is like to a T textbook. Like it is 
everything you expect from a heist film. You have right. the the gathering of the troops at the beginning. Yep. You know, Dave Bautista is uh, who employs him. Who's that actor's name? Uh, the actor is Hiro Yuki Sonata, and he's okay. playing Bly Tanaka. And yeah, Tanaka hires them supposedly to get you know millions and millions of dollars out of the vault of this casino in Las Vegas. You know, the government's going to nuke Las Vegas because that's where the the undead situation is. And, of course, the American government, you got a problem. What are we going to do? Let's nuke the fuck out of it. And so they clear out the city of all the remaining life and all the military life. And they're just going to send a nuke in there and just get rid of it. And the crew has like a three-day window or whatever to get in there, steal all the money and get the fuck out. And so Dave Bautista goes around and starts recruiting all the people he thinks he's going to need. You know, you have the safe cracker. You have uh, who I did not like. And uh, who's the actor oh, who plays the safe cracker? You didn't like uh, the character's name is Dieter. And he's played by Dieter. Matthias Schweigufer. And, and, right. and I might have said his name wrong. I did and look up how to say it, but I, I still probably said it wrong. But I thought he was kind of fun. I, I kind of liked his chemistry with Omari Hardwick, who plays Vanderrow, or I'm not sure how to say his name, but he's the guy with the yeah. big saw. Yeah, he's I, I like their chemistry too, but like he just felt like the, the comedic relief character. And there have been maybe about, I want to say, 2,000 better comedic relief characters in the world before him. Sure. So just... He, he, I don't know. He didn't. He didn't carry any of the comedy for me. Whenever he acted, I was just like, "All right, I get it. Just do the damn job. Like, come on." Mm-hmm. And then he just gets randomly mad and he starts yelling at Dave Bautista, and everybody's like, "Ooh, he's mad! Oh my god!" You know, they all feel intimidated. I'm like, "No, just laugh at him, point him back at the safe, and tell him to get the fucking thing open. You have 30 minutes until a nuke comes up." Like, but apparently he he is so like that. I, I guess he's getting his own spinoff. Like, I guess. That's um, funny. Zack Snyder apparently has a plan to either do another movie or another uh, like a small TV series or something. Really? Because this is a this is a project with Netflix, right? And, right. and yeah, I guess Netflix furthered the contract and wanted to make more stuff on in this in this world. Well, and, the ending kind of lends to that, right? Which which is again ridiculous. The dude, a, a, a slight spoilers. I'm not gonna say who. I'm not gonna say what. I'm gonna say that there was a nuke that is dropped in Las Vegas. Right, and a dude, a dude who was bitten emerges from, uh, I'll say underground into right. the just nuked yep. Las mm-hmm. Vegas, and walks totally fine all the way to an airplane, and like gets on an airplane. Uh, no, dude emerges into that just recently nuked yeah, Las Vegas dead. is gonna burn. <laughs> he's <dead>. like <laughs> he's he's dead. I don't care if he is undead also. He's he, dead. Okay, if he would have stayed underground for like even 50 more days, he'd still have maybe a slow one, but a terminal cancer. Yeah. <laughs> the place wasn't like, it wasn't like sealed or anything. Exactly. Was, <laughs> he's dead. And, yeah. And like, again, if he had stayed in there and emerged much later- I would buy him being able to walk through that whole area and get right. to an airplane, but a just dropped nuclear bomb. I don't think no. so. Not right at the heart of it. Like, no. I don't know the science, so maybe I'm actually wrong. He would have died but, in the desert. Uh, the, the radiation poisoning would have. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that, that shit was still hot. 
I mean, and, he, he was melting his it. shoes when he when he stepped out. And I know, I know what everybody's saying right now. It's a fucking zombie movie. Why are you looking <laughs> that deep into it? Because it bothered the fuck out of me that that's how they're going to continue the freaking franchise. Yeah, it was stupid. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I feel like every time uh, an issue arose, I was just like, yeah, no fucking duh. Like, it's like, why are you making this decision? And I don't know. I couldn't connect with any of this film. Well, uh, there is another thing that I wanted to talk about that I actually yeah. did kind of appreciate. And they, you know, kind of did a nemesis from Resident Evil slash White Walker thing. Mm, yeah. Where there's tears in the zombies. And I kind of appreciate whenever they try that. And yeah. I, I like the way that they did it. And I like that they implied a certain aspect so i'll say there's a there's a leading male and female zombie you know like right. a king and queen we'll say and i liked what they implied with their characters how they pulled that right. off without dialogue you know there was a lot of good show don't tell using right. the zombies there was. and then there's also so much just garbage dialogue and exposition from the humans that i'm just like <laughs> why like I don't know. There, there are aspects of this film that are really solid. Like, and, yeah. and I agree with you that the, the zombies and how Snyder explores them, I like that. There's a, there's a tiger zombie from yeah. Escaped, you know, uh, not Escaped Zoo or you know some kind of attraction at Las Vegas, right. and that's a lot of fun. That I really awesome. like that. Yeah. However, there isn't a, there is a very egregious zombie or a zombie tiger kill later on where it kills a guy. And they they spend the entire movie making you hate this guy. Yeah. You thought it was egregious. Yeah. I thought it was really egregious. The whole fucking thing took like a minute and a half and there was no fight at all. It was just like watching this dude get mauled. And it's like, I get it. I get that we we have spent the entire time of this film making us hate this guy. But you know how (laughs) other movies do that? They make you really hate this guy. And then they do a very tense, like getting chased scene by the monster and yeah. then there's a quick, the monster comes at him and you see his face like, ah, he's screaming. And then they cut right. to the monster's face coming down and it like takes the whole screen to black out. That's how you do right. it. You don't, well, you don't have to spend a minute and a half watching this guy get mauled and torn apart. <laughs> well, okay. You know, I didn't actually have to hate that guy. The first time they showed that tiger, I wanted to watch him do some National Geographic shit on somebody. So well, yeah. I really liked it. <laughs> we don't have to make it take a minute and a half. Like holy shit. It was it like was so hard up. to watch for me. Uh maybe I'm fucked up, Greg. Maybe. But no, this whole movie was hard for me to watch. I had to take it in two two nights. I like it's two and a half or like two hours and forty five minutes. Like it's a fucking heist zombie movie sniper. Yeah, like, what the it's fuck? really long. It's two and a half hours, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's it doesn't need to be that long. There's so much that could be cut. And there is a lot that could be cut. But I also at the same time Okay, there's a lot of like traveling shots that are trying to build up the next scene. But it doesn't add anything to the film. I feel like you could do that with a zombie film, make it feel like a western. Uh, with those mm-hmm. shots but this wasn't a western <laughs> it was a heist <laughs> no. movie so i did feel like there was a lot that could be cut but i don't want to take away any of the character moments because honestly they're a bit sparse 
Yeah, there's, uh, I was going to say, like, what character moments? Like, there's, exactly. a, there's a few moments with Dave Batista and his daughter, mm-hmm. which none of that connects because for the longest time I didn't realize that she was his daughter. I just thought she oh, was really? somebody that he was he with. Because she calls him Scott from the very beginning, which is yeah, weird because yeah. that's my stepdad's name. So I, maybe that's why I picked <laughs> up on it right away. <laughs> well, I mean, it didn't take too long. Like, I figured it out after like 30 minutes. But like, for the most part, I was just thinking that she was like a business partner or something because she doesn't right. look young at all. Like she looks like she, she's in her twenties. Yeah, she looks like she's in her. She looks like she's between sixteen and twenty-five. Yeah. Yeah, and then she just tags along with the group. Like he he gets trained military men and Dieter, and and then she's just <laughs> like, "No, I'm coming with because these people I know they got trapped in Las Vegas trying to look for such and such, <laughs> and now I'm the only person who can go in and look for them during this mission where we're literally just going into Las Vegas to steal like five billion dollars." Yeah. Like, fuck no. They're dead. I'm sorry. Like, I mean, spoilers, like, obviously, third act changes things, but right, right, right. they're dead. That's that's what you got to think. Going into an un, you know, you're going into a zombie apocalypse to Las Vegas. I highly doubt that two people are alive. Zack Snyder proves me wrong, but <laughs> the odds are very highly against them. <laughs> and then when, when everybody just starts dying, I like, I didn't even care. Like, some so many of the, you know, obviously, it's a heist film. Things are gonna happen. This is a zombie film, also, so you know that character's going to die. Characters and so, are die. yeah. So when the plan starts to go awry or whatever, that's when, of course, the characters are slowly picked off one by one to, you know, make us happy because it's a zombie film and we want to see people die. We want to see people and, die, and it's just boring. So many of the deaths, I'm just like, no, like all these other zombie films have done this. Like you're not doing anything new. Right, uh, right. I don't know. There's some fun moments, but for the most part, I'm just like, it's it's such an unoriginal, very poorly right. delivered film for me. I'm not entirely sure that besides doing a zombie heist movie, that Zach really went into this thinking that he was doing something super original. Because yeah. I, I think he just wanted to return to a zombie movie and have fun. I listened yeah. to uh, one interview with Omari and Matthias talking about their characters' chemistry and how there really wasn't very much in the script between them that they came up with with most of it, and uh, along with Zach and with Zach's permission. And Omari said that Zach really likes to be in a huddle with the actors talking about what's going on and that it was a very fun experience and that Zach seems like he's always willing to grow. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And makes me want to work with him myself. If that ever happens. I agree wholeheartedly. Because that's that's my that's always my Snyder dilemma is I never like his films, but he seems like a top notch class A person. Like he seems right. like I would love to work with him and work under him as a director. I just don't like the pieces he puts together mostly. Like hmm. I don't know. Cause it, cause I I was I heard Watch that stuff too, and like you, you know, I watched a small behind the videos making of this film. Like just like a seven minute clip kind of thing, and he he definitely looked like he was having fun, and that's the right, thing is yeah. like it. You're right; it does look like a very just fun passion project, and that's what Snyder always delivers is a film that you know is his vision, because right. he usually does just deliver his vision, except for Justice League originally. Uh, that wasn't his fault. That wasn't no. It, it definitely wasn't. It was a very sad tragedy, but like. That was yep. like the only one of the only times I can think of where the producer stepped in and com- severely altered right. what was going to come out. But like he, here, 
I mean, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Because I could just go into my closing statement hmm. with this. I I think I could go with closing statements as well. I think we've said what needs right. to be said about it. I don't know. It's it's just a forgettable zombie film, and I do. This is gonna sound weird. I do still give it two stars, even though I really hated it, because it is likable. There are things right. to enjoy because it is just a zombie movie, and that's not really my cup of tea. So that's why I'm gonna be a little more lenient on it. Is I know I know zombie fans out there can enjoy this and probably will. Right. I just I didn't I didn't like the acting. I didn't like the cinematography. The story just seemed kind of stupid. I knew exactly what the ending was. It, it's very obvious up front. The, the dialogue is just bad. There's one super terrible joke that they have Tanaka deliver. Uh, one oh, character yeah. questions that that comment. Was, he's just like, I I don't know if we can say that anymore. That's not PC. And Tanaka's like, but the joke that I just made is towards my own yeah. race and heritage. So it's fine. Yeah. And I'm like, why did we have that in there? What was the, what purpose did that dialogue serve other than just being really bad and annoying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was kind of shoehorned in there. Yeah, I just feel like I feel like Snyder was like, this would be so funny if you say this, and and, and the maybe they thought it like, would be really funny. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't there. Maybe they weren't like, hey, that does his, sound really funny. But his delivery of it, he just he delivers it. <laughs> and it you could just see in his eyes that he's like, I am a top tier actor i am so well beloved and that is the line i just delivered like um he kind of even had like an eyebrow raise with it i i thought it was kind of funny uh uh, just his delivery of it but like i i felt like maybe it could have worked better if like the the response of hey i don't think we're supposed to say that anymore came later and like in private <laughs> right <laughs> because i think like the audience understands like he's japanese <laughs> yeah so it's maybe it's different but yeah although altogether i agree with you it just did not need to be in there yeah it's just oh hey i wrote snyder's movie down i just looked at my notes it's spiritual oh. su- successor to dawn of the dead dawn of the dead okay i almost said that earlier yeah, see, Night of the Living Dead is the other one. Dawn of the Dead. See, there's just it's different time periods. That's why you I know I, I connect them like that. Right. Uh, we're still gonna get reamed. I'm so sorry, people. But but those are my <laughs> thoughts on on Army of the Dead. I I hated it, but I do think people can find enjoyment out of it. The ending is so fucking obvious, and I it watching it unfold just really irritated the fuck out of me. Well, okay, the the ending is obvious, but the ending ending. Where with the airplane bit that we talked about earlier, that that I didn't really see coming. It, <laughs> I didn't see it coming until like the door opens, and then right. I'm like, "Oh God, you're fucking kidding me!" Is that's what happened? Like, oh, okay, yeah. so and, it gets out. Okay, yeah. I I personally, <sighs> for me alone, I would score this as a one star, but I do. I am gonna be more lenient to it because it's not the worst thing I've seen this year, and the worst right. grade I've given is a one and a half star. So I feel like I can't really dip much further. It's a two. It's a two. Well, I give it a full face because it's not incompetent. And honestly, I did have uh, quite a good time watching it. I did recognize as we watched it that it's not the greatest movie in the world. It's it's a high action heist zombie movie. It's fun. I think really it was what it needed to be. It, It could have been better. I was expecting a little bit better. 
until maybe a couple days before when you told me that it wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> and again, again, people, normally I don't try to give my opinion right. of films up front. I do try to keep it keep it calm, but I was just I got halfway through it and I was like, Blake, just saying, so you know, I'm taking a, an extra day on Army of the Dead because I can't watch this much further tonight. <laughs> And, and you're just like, oh, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> well, like I said earlier, I like what some of the things they did with the zombies. Honestly, if they would have done more with that, that would have been cool. But and yeah. I like this idea of a heist zombie movie because they're both genres that I'm kind of like, okay, sure, I can sit back and relax, turn my mind off and watch these movies, but they're not my favorite. So if you combine the two, I think that, you know, that's a recipe for success. I liked what you just said because I agree. You do it – you should do the film focusing on the zombies and on all that kind of stuff. You do it like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Where it's focused – you know, it's focused on the apes. I mean, the humans are doing stuff, the heist. Right. But we're focused on the apes more. I like oh, that. Oh, man. That's a yeah. good idea. What? Oh, that is a good zombie movie idea. Just be the. It's from the perspective of the zombies. That is something. That's and they're something. just trying to live in Las Vegas. And they're with just their money. trying. Yeah, they're trying to play the tiger. casino games, even though they're broken. <laughs> Jeez. Well, uh, I guess, I guess we should move on to in the heights. In the heights. Yeah. Usnavi. I really like his name, Usnavi. Usnavi. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I like the story too. Yeah, I, I liked everything about it. It was well, I say everything, but like I mean, for the most part, it's pretty good. Based off the musical by Lin Manuel Miranda and Chiara Alegria Hudes. Yeah, it's probably Hudes. My apologies for mispronouncing. That's okay. We do it all the time. This is directed by John Chu, uh, who is the director of Crazy Rich Asians, which I still want to see. I haven't actually seen it, and it makes me feel mad because I did see it. I did enjoy it. Yeah, there's some elements I'm not sh- sure about, but there, I I really enjoyed it. There was some really fun scenes, and honestly, probably one of the funniest comedies I've seen in a while. But I kind of s- stopped going to comedies because yeah. after a while, the hu- the humor just I don't know it, it turned. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it turned on you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I really liked his directing here. I think he does a great job capturing a musical. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's lively. It's very fun and yeah. lively, and he does a great job of capturing that. Yeah, I mean, the 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 city is very much alive. And With the, the sound of music? As well. The sound of music? <laughs> he said it's very much alive. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Uh, there's some really good numbers in here, but some of them I do kind of felt like kind of – because there's – Probably because there's just so goddamn many of them. Like, I, yeah. I mean, he, he he wrote the whole thing. It's basically uh, an opera, the way he wrote it. There's not very uh-huh. many spoken lines at all. And, you know, that's all right. It keeps the story moving for sure. Right. But after a while, for me, my ear kind of does tune out a little bit. And mm-hmm. it kind of makes the individual numbers harder to stick out i actually agree with that because I, yeah. I have a very hard time remembering any of the music really? i feel like when i when i i watched this i can't remember like maybe a week and a half ago and for the first day or so afterwards i remembered a couple of songs 
Right. And now all I remember is just the the musical score that you know the in the heights. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> that's it. And and oh, and Piragua. I do remember Piragua. Yeah, and I do like that song, but I feel like that's one of the songs that could have been cut. It probably could have been. I guess that you told me this, but I guess that he didn't want to be in the movie, and they said, "Okay, well, we're probably gonna cut the Piragua guy." And he's like, "Oh no, you can't cut the guy!" (laughs) Exactly. No, come on. Okay, I'll be. I'll be. I'll be him. You can let me be him. Yeah, Uh, but I honestly, I kind of agree. I I do enjoy the character. Like, there's nothing wrong with the character. I'm just not entirely sure what he brings to it. And maybe it's a a cultural thing. Maybe it's a, hey, if you lived in the Heights, you remember the Hiragua guy. Washington Heights, the the neighborhood is, it's just so well explored. Like, they do a great job of displaying. That was the word I was looking for. They do a great job of displaying how lively this entire neighborhood is right and also like to mirror that they show how the people living there feel like the culture is declining yeah but you know from the audience member i i felt the whole time that it was so so i don't know it was very inviting i didn't feel like there was uh, besides the fact that like the rest of the city kind of you get this pressure in the film that the rest of the city kind of looks down at the the community in the heights but besides that and that money's hard to come by you know new york is fucking expensive as hell the community they have seems amazing like yeah there's such a familial atmosphere that i just really loved especially uh I want to call her the nanny character. I can't remember. Abuela. Oh, uh, the, yes. She is Abuela Claudia is what she's billed as. Claudia. Played by Olga Miradiz. Yeah, I love her. You really get attached to everybody's attachment to her. Yes, I love her character too. Yeah. And she has this pivotal moment around the intermission where she has, I, I can't remember if she sings. She does. And Man, that was, that was like when I first like, Started to like you know tear world of oh, that man. scene that I, was good. I definitely cried during that scene. Uh, yeah. It's called Paciencia y Fe. Is yes, what it's called Patience and Faith. I believe is what it mm. is. And yeah, it's a and very good song. Very good. Yeah, and yeah, that was one of the very good heart like heart wrenching moments because she you know she talks about her life. You know, you explore what she's gone through to right. establish what she has in the heights. It's about her mother, too, because her mother's the one yeah. who brought them to New York. And, right. And uh, how hard she worked. And she took that lesson of working hard and small dignities. Small dignities is a big part of the film, and I really appreciated that. This is probably the film I've enjoyed the most that's pr- from the perspective of this community, sometimes called La Raza, meaning the family or the people, I think. We could cut all this out if I'm wrong, but <laughs> I I do I I I feel like this is the one I I'm most connected to. I I do really love some other films that's depicting this culture, but the the the, the family aspect of this yeah. is amazing, and and everything that they use to point out like, hey, people make it hard for us here. We're basically invisible. Yeah. But, you know, the whole the whole power behind the, the musical is that we're not powerless, which, you know, is actually yeah. a song. 
in the movie. I think what what's right. that one called? I think it's just called Blackout. That's what that one's called. Oh man, now, I remember that song now too. That you, now that you mentioned it, that was another one that because that's the thing is like I, I will remember these songs if I just yeah. re-listen to the soundtrack. Of course, I would be like, yeah, I want to keep listening to these. But right. a week and a half, it's already most of it's gone. Whereas like with Hamilton or Sweeney Todd or those other films. I watched it once and I was like addicted to the music. Right. And yeah. And I still feel addicted to some of the songs in this movie, but yeah, I feel like it's the story more that I really that I really enjoyed. It's a great story. It really is. Cuz I agree with you. I love that that family aspect because it has that paralleling theme of the struggles in the life that your ancestors went through and how you take that and make your own story out of it. And because that's the main character played by Anthony Ramos. He is, I don't remember the character's name, sadly. I can't. Oh, Uh, Uznavi. Uznavi, Um, yeah. Yeah, because he wants to to return to the Dominican Republic, I believe. That's right, yes. Uh, That's where he was born. And he has very, very few memories, but very fond memories of being there. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't remember if he was born there or if he was born uh, born in the Heights. His cousin were born there. And when his uncle, mother, and father moved to Nueve, New York, Nueve, yeah. York, that's what it is. That's what they say. Uh, there, there's another part of the story where you find out that his cousin, Sonny, his father never went through the process to get him fully right. documented. So he is, he has to kind of lie low. Uh, but it, 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 that becomes a major part of the story for. Uznavi yeah. as well. I did really enjoy Uznavi's journey of like, you know, trying to explore whether or not he does want to go back to the Dominican right. Republic or if he, he can actually start something here, you know, in the Heights because, you know, I, I kind of feel like at the beginning, you know, he's kind of just like, he's kind of like a high schooler wanting to get out of his hometown and explore. But then, yeah. you know, he starts to, he starts to realize just how important the Heights are to him and, you know, right. to and what he, there, he is yeah. as a person. Yeah. He he owns this store, a convenience store. He inherited from his parents who are now past. And he bought some property that actually belongs to it belonged to his family before they moved, mm-hmm. which was a bar. But it's all broken down, so he's he's thinking I need to go and pursue this dream like my parents pursued their dream, but I'm going to go do it there because you know, the the world changes and the situations are different and People think, oh, maybe things are better there than when we left, because honestly, they're not that great here. <laughs> yeah, uh, which that's a big part of the story too. Um, but then you have your B story, where uh, Benny. You have a lot of B stories. There's yeah, there's there's a lot of, of different stories in this, and, and and I think that's one thing that's masterfully done. You do care about all these characters. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And and the the way that their numbers kind of interweave with each other, that's pretty well done. The everything feels like it's supposed to move in this fluid motion. I right. I just when it's all run together like that, it's hard for me to distinguish the numbers from each other. But the the one B story that I uh, I, I mean we can talk about as many things as you want to, but the one <laughs> I wanted to bring up was Benny and oh shit, what was Nina. Benny and Nina, they are friends. Nina might be his cousin, uh, Uznavi's cousin as well. But she, he kind of, she is actually Abuela Claudia's granddaughter. And she 
<laughs> she is the first person in their family to go to college. And it's a real big deal. Right. And her dad, Kevin Rosario, he is doing everything he can to scrounge up money to make sure she can make it. And then when she comes back, she's not so sure she wants to go back. I'll, I'll leave it at that. For several different reasons, which are kind of heart-wrenching, really. But Yeah. Yeah, that, that's such a great, fulfilling story as well. I feel like all of the, the side stories are really... He does a really good job yeah. of fulfilling all of them. Nobody really feels left uh, in the dust. Yeah. Oh, but what I was going to say about Benny is that she he works for his, her father... But they've had uh, a relationship in the past, and when they come back, when she comes back, it gets rekindled, and it's and I like their numbers and that one scene where they're ta- singing on a fire escape. Man, I was not yeah. expecting them to do that. Yeah, that that was a that was a really fun moment for me as well. It's kind of like uh, in La La Land when they start uh, mm-hmm. when they're dancing and they, they become part of the. The, the astrology center or whatever it's right, called the, yeah, the, yeah. the the stars yeah I really love that Benny's one probably my favorite character I, I really liked Uznavi yeah. but I I don't know I just he's I a good Benny. character he so, yeah he was so fun his and, Benny's dispatch is a great number oh, like yeah. the, how many words he so says <laughs> it just just keeps on going that's great. So right. like they, they run like a business where they it's like a taxi business, but it also has maybe a radio service along with it. It's like a club or something. Because he yeah. like he gives out like traffic reports and stuff. And yeah. that's what this song is all about and it's great. And then he has Nina come on and, and say hi and like everybody <laughs> blows up. It's it's kinda great. Yeah. And then during the uh the he has a great moment also. I don't know if it's reprising that song, but during the blackout where he uh, does the dispatch again. It's another great right. moment. Because, yeah, he feels responsible for the community, which is yeah. every character shows that characteristic. And I love that yeah. about this. We don't, we, okay, I had that a little bit in my hometown growing up, but not like this. There wasn't much home pride. I don't think I've ever lived in a place that felt like the community was this tightly knit. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't really uh, felt felt connected to my home yet either i feel like i'm still searching for that area where i'm gonna be like this right. is home i'm actually like this is perfect yeah i, I came from a, a small town that i was definitely the the cliche like i want to get out of here <laughs> and yeah. when i return to it you know there, there's like yeah this is really nice i do like how small it is how nice and little the quaint victorian village of my home right but yeah this this film i really i really did enjoy it but it's I don't know. It's the opposite of what I want from Hamilton. So it's like I want I want to see Hamilton made into a movie, right? Because I you know I've seen the live action theatrical that they screening that they did for Plus, that, yeah. that they put on Disney exactly. Now, I've seen that. That was very enjoyable. I think I would enjoy it as a theatrical a live uh, production if I was able to see it live. But I want to see it as a movie because I think it would work really great as a movie. I do too. But with within the Heights, having seen the movie. I very much just want to actually see the theatrical performance. I want to see it live because I think I would enjoy it more then. I, I, I still enjoyed the movie, but I, I feel like it just works better as a as a play because there's a, there's definitely a moment nearing act the end of Act 1 where I was starting to be like, all right, I'm starting to feel that that play thing where it's like an intermission is coming and I want, the, sure. I want to get I want started to with Act 2 because – yeah, yeah. 
And so it kind of suffered from that that play feeling during a film, which I don't you know. I don't really know if a film should feel like that, but like I, I didn't I enjoy know. that aspect of yeah, it. Sure, but maybe it was just because I was on my couch. You know, maybe in a theater I would have felt differently, but watching it at home on on uh, what was it released? HBO Max. It was HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's in theaters also, but you can you uh, maybe by the time we re- it might be put gone, this episode yeah. out. Yeah, it might be gone. We're, we're a little Max, bit behind on this one, I feel like. Yeah. But. It'll still be in theaters, and I think that would make it more enjoyable. I, yeah, I think I would have liked might. this a lot more in theaters. I do but think on, experiencing on couch, it with a group bored. would be fun. Which, you know, you can, yeah. it's kind of hard in a pandemic. But I, I yeah. do feel <laughs> like uh, an audience would be a great element to this story. I really do. Even the way the story's framed, like with Usnavi telling the story in the future from right. uh, his beach bar. Which, by the way, slight spoilers, but that's a cop out. Like I did feel just a touch, but hey, listen, he he loves his place so much now that it is a personal paradise. I got the message. I thought I got it, it worked for the story, but yes, yeah. I, the whole time I was like, "Okay, how are they going to fit this into the story?" Yeah, and I did. I, I liked how they did it, but like when it happened, I was like, "Okay, yeah. all right, I get it. All right, yeah. sure, fine." Uh, it, was, it was a very like not content smile on my face. So I'm just like, "All right, <laughs> fine, <laughs> I'll accept." <laughs> well, I have to say, I'm excited to see more from. Len Manuel Miranda because two homies I think I I really enjoyed it I I liked Hamilton yeah. more well I mean he he technically didn't really have much to do on this I know he was a producer well I thought he wrote right it was only written by Kiera Alegria Hudes she she only wrote it I believe it's just based off of his well he did the lyrics like the the musical he wrote right but the the movie that we watched was mostly written by Kiara. And I guess that it, it, we we should also mention again, being white men, I don't want to focus on this too much, but there's a controversy of there's a lack of Afro Latino actors that were cast mm-hmm. in major roles. Lin Manuel has already responded to it, so if you if you want to know more about that, you can go check that out on the mm-hmm. uh, the internet and get get a more appropriate viewing of of that controversy. I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to get into it because you know it's. It's not my area to make uh, remarks in that in that regard. I would say fair, but I guess I'm guess I'm ready for closing statements. If you are for in the heights, yeah, I think so. Let's wrap it up. I I would give it three stars. I I do think it is very enjoyable. Great music, although again, week and a half later, I'm only remembering it when you when you mention the titles and then we right. talk about the plot. That's the only the only way I remember those stories, uh, and. That's kind of on me. I wanted to re-listen to a lot of this music, but I haven't been actively doing so. So, like, who knows? I, I feel like the music's really great. I, I do remember enjoying it a lot. I just struggle to to pick it up in memory. So maybe it's not maybe it's not as catchy as I thought when I was first watching it. But the story is just magnificent, and I re- I love the family, how they explore everything about the heights. The, the whole world is just well-realized, and it's just fun. It, it was very fun to watch. Highly recommend. Highly recommend this film. I do, too. I can't agree more. Full face. I don't know if I can give it a face and a half, but it's it's on the verge, for sure. 
Right. I I did rather enjoy it. I had to watch it in two parts because my internet's been bad like crazy recently. But it I just felt so warm from being invited into the community of Washington Heights. Yeah. I, I, I really did feel like I was there being a part of it. And, you know, I'm a white guy from Indiana. So, you know, anybody can come in and enjoy the community that is expressed in these films. You might not, you know, be able to identify with all of the struggles these people have in the film, but it might help you understand those struggles more. I couldn't recommend it enough, uh, especially if you want to have some more cultural awareness and listen to some fantastic music. So there you go. Yeah. I think it's it's fairly easy to say that uh, with this stay or go in the heights wins. In the uh, heights wins, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't have an argument yeah. against that. I did have fun with the Zack Snyder movie. Yeah, I know there are people out there who Army of the Dead wins for them over in oh, the heights, sure. and sure. and to the, sure. to them I say to each their own. You know, I'm so happy that people can enjoy Army of the Dead, but <laughs> God damn, like I, I think I watched. Uh, and the Heights in two sittings also. Maybe I didn't. I, I really don't remember. But I think it's it's another film that kind of benefits from being in two sittings. An like, intermission, yeah. Like you were saying earlier. Yeah, Army of the Dead also benefited from an intermission. But there isn't an intermission in there. I just had to take one. Yeah. Because I couldn't <laughs> handle it. <laughs> but yeah, I liked, I liked being able to watch In the Heights on HBO Max because... Again, it, it's like a it's, it's a musical. It's based off a musical, and there's definitely a moment where I was like, "All right, that's the end of Act One. I'm gonna go and process and <laughs> use the bathroom." <laughs> definitely. Okay. Yeah. I I like I already said 100% agree with you. So yeah, I I, I feel like I, I keep on wanting to do this earlier because they say early and often, but you know I don't want to push it down your throats too much, guys. But if you want to uh, support the show, you can head on down to patreon.com slash greenfaceless and you'll check out the great benefits we have there. Once a month, we do a patron-inspired, recommended, voted-upon episode, and becoming a patron gets you that vote. So come on down, check it out. We'd appreciate the support. Yes, please. Come and uh, join us on the couch in a more intimate atmosphere by uh, yeah. by choosing the films we watch. Have, yeah. that, have that selection. Yeah, and sometimes you know we got we get some fun conversations going on. Yeah, they've been small, but it's very nice to be able to talk to you guys that are listening. So come and join the conversation. Our social media coordinator, who is uh, the 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 faced faced Lee, we'll the faced face Lee. Faced Lee, okay. <laughs> our social, our social media guy. <laughs> <laughs> totally not the faceless Leon. He has a face, and his name is Lee. Yes, <laughs> he does it. He does a great. He does a great job uh, keeping in contact with uh, all of our lovely couch well, potatoes. Well, he tries. He tries couch potatoes. He tries. Uh, <laughs> all right, I think that's been our show. Indeed, it is. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh, and I am the faceless Leon. Not faced Lee, the faceless Lee. Not faced Lee. Nope. Safe travels and good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, 
wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.